This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. So let me go back and read some of these verses from Deuteronomy 28 again. Verse 22 or verse 21. The Lord shall allow the pestilence to cleave unto thee until you be consumed from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. Why? Because of disobedience to his word. Disobedience brings a curse. The Lord shall allow thee to be smitten with a consumption and with a fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning and with a sword and with blasting and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Verse 27, the Lord will allow you to be smitten with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds and the scab and with the itch whereof thou canst not be healed. The Lord will allow thee to be smitten with madness, mental illness and blindness and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Verse 35, the Lord shall allow thee to be smitten in the knees and in the legs with a sore bite that cannot be healed from the sole of thy foot until the top of thy head. Verse 58, if you will not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, notice it's up to you. The curse is conditional, and it has room and power and influence to operate through disobedience. Never was God's will. Never was God's plan. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, the Lord will allow your plagues to be wonderful, terrible literally, and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues and of long continuance and sore sicknesses and of long continuance. Moreover, he will allow upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, and they shall cleave unto thee. Also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, then will the Lord allow upon thee until thou be destroyed. Now, why is he allowing this? Because he's not the one that has authority over it. Because sickness is a very real force in this world. This world that man has been given authority over. This world that man has dominion in. God's not the one that has dominion over sickness and disease. Man does. Because it's of the earth. See, where there is no sin, there is no spiritual death, there is no sickness and disease. Turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, Jesus is speaking to his disciples on the night that he's betrayed. Some of the last things that he says to him. He's talking about departing and going unto the Father. I want to start in verse 1. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. I grew up hearing that God's building mansions in heaven. And when Jesus gets all the mansions built, then he's going to come back for the church. Now, he created the earth in six days. But it's taken him thousands of years to do the work in heaven to build houses. He was a carpenter, you know. The word mansion means abiding places. He's very simply saying there's room for everybody in my father's house. That's all he's saying. Why would you want to be separated from the throne of God at any time that you're spending in heaven anyway? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm going to spend most of my time there. What is he talking about? He's talking about a place in him. He's talking about being in Christ. 
In my father's house is many mansions. There's room for everybody. Now notice what he said. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. How did Jesus prepare the place for us? Through his death, burial, and resurrection. Not through building houses. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Please notice he does not say that where I'm going, you're going to be too. He does not say, I will come and prepare a place. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm coming to receive you to myself. That's receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's being born again. So that where I'm going in heaven, you can be too. He says, so that where I am, there you can be. Where was he? Well, first of all, he was united with the Father. They tried to kill him on several occasions because he said, my father and I are one. He's talking about being united with God. Just like Adam was in the beginning. Jesus came to restore that which was lost. So the first thing he does is tell them that he's making a place for them so that they can be united with God, not subject to the spiritual death that's passed upon all men. Now, what other place was he? Well, that union with God provided Jesus a means to exercise authority over the devil in everything that he did. Jesus walked in victory over every aspect of the consequence of spiritual death. He was never without. His needs were never without being met. He conquered sickness and disease while he was here on the earth, not not just on the cross. He exercised authority over sickness and disease while he was here. So what he's telling the disciples is very simply this, because I'm going to prepare a way for you to come into union with the Father, for you to be one with the Father like I'm one with the Father, you can be in the same place that I am here on the earth, walking in complete and total victory over the devil and all of his works, all of his power. He goes on a little bit later in the chapter, verses 12, 13, and 14, and talks about doing the same works that he did. How are they going to do the same works that he did? By being in the same place as he was. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's come to redeem us, and he has, past tense, already done it, redeemed us from the curse of spiritual death. He's redeemed us from the curse of poverty, and he's redeemed us from the curse of sickness. Now turn with me over to Luke chapter 13. What does that look like? Here's what it looks like. Verse 10, and as he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Whatever this was, paralysis, arthritis, whatever it was, she couldn't stand up straight. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Then Jesus answered him and said, thou hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman, here's God's attitude to those that are bound with sickness and disease, And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, 
whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Two reasons Jesus said she deserved to be healed. Number one, she's the daughter of Abraham. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, the curse of sickness. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Does she deserve it any more than you? No. Well, here's God's attitude. God never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If this was Jesus' attitude then, 2,000 years ago, it's his attitude now. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Second reason he gives is that Satan bound her, whom Satan has bound these 18 years. Folks, everything Jesus did was to destroy the power of the devil. John writes to the church and says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to the earth, showed us his place with the Father to destroy the works of the devil. Well, if he's made a place for us to be where he is, what is our work? To destroy the works of the devil. Peter preaching in Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 said, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. What's Peter telling us? Peter's telling us that sickness is always satanic oppression. It's satanic bondage. And just as Jesus said this woman ought to be free because she's the daughter of Abraham. Number one. Number two. Because Satan has bound her these 18 years. He doesn't want you bound any more than he wanted her. He wants the blessing of healing available for you as a member of his body. Member of his family. Just as much as he wanted it for her. Who had an Old Testament promise. Healing is good. It's always good. James 1.17 James 1, says. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above. From the father of lights. In whom there is no variableness. Neither shadow of turning. That means good is always good. What was good then is good today. What's good always comes from God. And can only come from God. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 4. Let's start in verse, four, verse 13. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir, talking about Abraham, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Now, I want you to realize something, folks. Paul is talking about, he's going to show us Abraham's example of faith. Notice he speaks of it. As a principle, remember the Old Testament is given to us as types and shadows. In other words, the Old Testament doesn't show us the, the, the true picture, but it points to the true picture that was fulfilled in Jesus. Tell me this. When was it ever promised to Abraham that he'd be the heir of the world? Let me read verse 13 again. Now I want you to get this. Abraham was promised land, and in Genesis chapter 15, it tells us the boundaries of the land, from the Euphrates River all the way to the other rivers and I don't remember what the boundaries were. But you know the story I'm talking about. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world. Here's the Holy Ghost inspiring Paul to say that Abraham, the covenant God made with Abraham, was so that Abraham would be the heir of the world. Well, he can't mean that in a physical sense. 
Because the land of Israel was not supposed to be the whole world. What is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus restoring that which was lost. He's talking about Abraham through the imputation of righteousness. That just means that righteousness was counted unto him. He didn't earn it. And it wasn't given to him like it's given to us because Jesus hadn't shed his blood as our sacrifice and our substitute. But Abraham was promised to be the heir of the world. That means the promise that God made to Abraham that was fulfilled in Jesus was to restore man to authority in the world like Adam had before the fall. What else could it mean? For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. That's us. Guess what that means you're the heir of? You're the heir of the world. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, you are free from the influence of sickness and disease. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise is made of none effect. But the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, the finished work of Jesus, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, and not only to that which is of the law, the Jews, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, the Gentile church. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations, Another translation says, of whom, speaking of Abraham, of whom it is written, God said, I've made thee the father of many nations. I want you to notice, folks, that God always speaks in the past tense. Because once he plans it, once he speaks it, it's good as done. I have made thee the father of nations. Before him whom he believed. Before him whom he believed. The margin of my Bible says has a little number there next to the word before and in the margin it says like unto like unto it's saying that abraham and the faith that's our example was like unto god in two respects he quickened the dead and caused those things that be not as though they were now the first part of that used to throw me how does abraham which is clearly speaking of how is Abraham supposed to imitate God in quickening the dead, making dead things alive? Well, the answer is in the last part of the verse by calling those things which be not as though they were. Abraham was like unto God by calling those things which be not as though they were 
and he brought dead things back to life. He called himself the father of nations, and even though his body was not functioning in a reproductive manner to have children, neither was Sarah's womb producing anything that would be able to have children. He brought dead things back to life through calling things that be not as though they were. Through the exercise of his authority, which is what verse 13 is talking about to begin with. Through the exercise of his authority, through the spoken word. He brought dead things back to life. Now, folks, if faith was not necessary, then number one, Abraham's faith wouldn't be given to us as an example. If faith was not necessary, then why didn't God just do it and say, by the way, here's what I've already done. Don't worry about what you call yourself. Don't worry about what you say. I want to make sure you have children. Which is the way that a lot of the church wants God to work. But God doesn't have authority in this earth. God didn't have authority over Abraham's body. God didn't have authority over Sarah's body. He can only gain access to utilize his power to bring them back to a place where they can have children physically through the exercise of Abraham's authority over himself and his wife. Abraham was likened to God in two respects. He called those things that be not as though they were. He began saying, I'm the father of nations. He began saying, my name is Abraham. I am the father of nations. Before he had children, he's saying, I am the father of nations. According to God's promise, he's saying before he ever has a child, natural born child, he's saying, my seed is as the stars of the sky and the sand on the seashore. He's calling things that be not as though they were. And what did it do? It quickened his body. It brought life to his flesh. Proverbs 14.30 says, The sound heart is the life of the flesh. We'll say it this way. Being made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus is the life of the flesh. How does that work? By you saying that the life of God is in you. By you saying that the life of God quickens your mortal body. See, if there's something in your body that's not working, you bring it back to life by calling those things that be not as though they were. If something in your body is not working, you bring it back to life. You bring it back to operation, operating condition by calling yourself healed, calling yourself well by the stripes of Jesus. That's how we operate like unto God. That's how we follow Abraham's example of faith entrusting him does that make sense to you as it is written i have made thee the father of nations before or like unto him whom he believed even god who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were now this is the place where people get hung up well-meaning christians people that are thoroughly saved love god with all their heart oftentimes yield to the devil who says if you're saying something that's not true physically if you're saying you're healed when there's sickness in your body, then you're lying. Well, folks, the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. So if you're saying what he says, it's impossible for you to lie. That's the hurdle that everybody who receives from God has to jump. That's the hurdle you're going to have to clear. You're going to have to clear the thought, the temptation of the enemy, that calling things that be not 
according to the word, calling things that be not as though they were, is telling a lie. But if you're telling or speaking of yourself what God's word says about you, then you're always on good ground to say, Mr. Devil, I'm just saying what God says. Go take it up with him. I'm not saying I'm well because I see myself well. I'm not saying I'm well because there's no presence of sickness in my body. I'm saying I'm well because the Bible says I am. As it is written, I have made thee the father of many nations before him or like unto him. He believed whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope without anything his physical eyes could tell him to hope in. He still chose to believe in hope. What was the source of his hope? According to that which was spoken. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According or because of that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. I hope to become the father of nations, so I'm going to say what God says. I've already been made the father of nations. Well, do you have any children, Abraham? No, but that doesn't have anything to do with it. God said I would. God said he's already made me the father of nations. I say I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Not because there's no presence of sickness or disease in my body. Because the Bible says so. Do you have anything in your natural circumstances to hope in? No. Circumstances may even be getting worse. Well then what do you base your hope in? That which was spoken. Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and with his stripes I am healed. Why do you do that? Because I hope to become healed in physical form. The Bible says healing belongs in two forms. Healing exists in two forms. First, by faith, spiritual reality. Second, physical form, physical reality. Jesus said, whatsoever you pray when you believe that you receive them, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You believe that you receive them in spiritual form, spiritual truth. Jesus said you would have them in physical reality. This is what Abraham's doing. Folks, I want you to understand something. Abraham didn't have a tape series to listen to. He couldn't get the podcast to listen to over and over and over again. So what did he have to do? He had to listen within his own heart to what God said again and again and again. Verse 19, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. I like this from another translation. Let me read this to you from the American Standard. No, I'm ahead of myself. Wait a minute. That's not verse 19. It's verse 20. Being not weak in faith, which is a choice, by the way. Some people have the idea that that others are just stronger in faith than they are. You're as strong in faith as you choose to be. Being not weak in faith, by choice, he considered not his own body now dead. He didn't deny the fact that his body wasn't producing in a reproductive manner. He didn't deny the fact that he was too old to have children. He just didn't consider it. Because after all, what difference does the condition of his body make when God said, I've made you the father of nations? If God is able to perform for that which he's promised, then what difference does it make how things look today? See, this is what throws a lot of people. They start believing God for healing, but then the pain doesn't go away. So they say, 
How can I claim that I'm healed when there's pain in my body? What does pain have to do with the truth of the word? The Bible says everything I put my hand to prospers and Jesus redeemed me from the curse of poverty. So what difference does it, wake up, does it matter if I wake up tomorrow with a sore back? Pain wouldn't have anything to do with the promise of prosperity. Pain doesn't have anything to do with the promise of healing. This is what Abraham looked past. He looked beyond. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. He didn't deny the, the, the facts in his physical form, physical body. He didn't deny that his body was past the age of having children. He just didn't give attention to it. Now, here's a great truth, folks. When something becomes more important to you than your symptoms, then you're on the right track. When the Word of God becomes more important, when it becomes more real to you than the symptoms in your body, you're on the track to receive. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Here's the one I want to read to you from the American Standard. Yet, looking under the promise of God. Well, if he's not looking at his body, what is he looking at? He's looking at the promise of God. Yet, looking at the promise of God, he wavered not through unbelief, but waxed strong through faith. How do we know he was strong in faith? Giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded, fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed or counted unto him for righteousness. Folks, it hadn't been counted unto you for righteousness. You've been made righteous. We have the opportunity to follow this example of faith because the righteousness of God has already been made unto us. Because Christ has already redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. So what are we to do? Same thing Abraham did. Say of ourselves what God said about us. Not looking under the circumstances or symptoms in our body. But looking under the truth of the word. What will that do? It'll make dead things in our body come alive. Because we're calling things that be not as though they were just like God. Children of God should act like their father, shouldn't they? Children of the devil sure like like theirs. You're the one that has authority. You're the one that decides. Sickness and disease are very real forces in this world. But you decide whether or not the blood of Jesus was sufficient to keep you free from it. You and I are the ones that decide. I've decided to walk in health. I've decided to call myself well. I've decided to call myself healed. I've decided to call sickness and disease gone in the name of Jesus. Null and void. Because Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness. Jesus explained to his disciples that faith works by believing in your heart and saying with your mouth. He said you can change any circumstance in your life by believing in your heart and speaking that out with your mouth. Use your faith today to cause God's will to come to pass in your life. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. 
This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may take the mercy that's already been extended to us through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Take it. Don't beg for it. Take it. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.